Jack from the present or future, however you want to say it. Uh, unfortunately, when we recorded this wonderful episode, uh, I guess my mic was not properly plugged in. So unfortunately, this episode was recorded with the basic uh, Mac audio. Uh, please bear with us. I hope you certainly will enjoy uh, Jordan's far better audio conditions. But unfortunately, I uh, I made a massive mistake and uh, we, we could not reschedule a future episode uh, or future re-recording. So uh, bear with us. Bear with us. The content will hopefully be good enough. Hello and once again, welcome to Is This Anime? I am your quote-unquote anime expert, Jack Metcalf, and joining us once again is Jordan Mitchell Love. How are you, buddy? Doing well. Uh, excited to hear from an expert because I'm definitely not an expert, but super excited to be talking more about this awesome, awesome series. Yeah, we are finishing up our Chainsaw Man manga spoiler cast. We are talking chapters 82 to 134. Uh, it was it was hard enough talking about like 40 chapters last week. Now we're doing like 54. Uh, I deeply regret doing this in some ways, but also not because Chainsaw Man is very, very good. And but, it's okay. Oh I was gonna say like it's it's okay, man. I got my coffee. I'm ready to roll. Um, you got your notes. We're gonna do this. It's gonna be fun. It's gonna be fun. It's always fun. Anyways, let's get right into it. Power is dead. She is very, very dead. Another one bites the dust, dun-dun. Another one bites the dust, dun-dun. I feel like that should be, like, the theme for, like, this whole show. Just, oh, character. Oh, they're gonna die. Oh, character. Oh, they're gonna die. The the ones who survive are the least expected, as we'll uh, discuss. So, Power, very, very dead. Denji is completely stunned, and Makima... Uh, she doesn't care about Denji's feelings. She notices the tea is cold, and she says she'll make some more. She then starts laughing and tells Denji to take off his shirt. Uh, this is the most human, I guess, we've seen Makima. She's just acting like a teenage girl, except she's also just murdered someone and is laughing about it. So, And, and in a really, like, intense way, too. Like it was kind of amazing, like how power was just kind of put down. Because again, we were we were kind of when Makima and Denji were being trained. Like we saw how hard both of them were, like how hard they how hard it was to kill both of them. So it was very fascinating just watching Makima just do it again, just do it so effortlessly. Again, like with power scaling, it's a very common trope in like anime and in uh, superhero uh, superhero ends fantasy in general but it's again great way to world build it's one of my favorite parts about this about the series we're gonna get into some really really good fucking world building uh just just you wait just you wait so makima she plays plays with denji's ripcord and she reveals what she did she had to find a way to break denji's contract with pochita so she had to find a way to damage him so much that he couldn't live a normal life ever again this was actually kind of hard for her, as Denji was already quite happy with Pachita, despite living in poverty. Uh, so the, here's what she did. She gave him everything he could want. She got a job, money, food, and a family. And then Makima took it all away from her. What a fucking that is, sociopath. That is so terrifying. Like, it's... And again, this is, this is considered shonen manga, right? Yeah. That is so dark and twisted. Like, 
again, imagine like, you know, like, like a 10 year old reading this and just be like, oh, wow. Like that is a lot to process as an adult. It's, it's, it's chilling. I mean, Makima, uh, she's definitely going down as one of the greatest villains I've ever witnessed in any form of media. Because, again, her just, her just articulating this plan, it's like, holy fucking Christ. It's, again, it's, it's beyond sociopathic. It's psychopathic. It's whatever that definition is. I mean, you know, it's someone who, she, she's the worst person to ever be in a relationship with, that's for sure. And again, that ties in with the fact that she is the control devil. Um, so she declares to Denji that any happiness he ever obtains, she'll destroy. If she makes new friends, she'll kill them. If he gets a wife and child, they won't live long. Denji is forever under her complete control because he must atone for what his sins are in her mind. Uh, and Makima then reveals that Denji's father didn't commit suicide, rather Denji killed him. Makima walks Denji down a hall, and we see a number of devils who we've met before kneeling down in subservience, including Beam, Violence, and Angel. So all these characters who, who were killed are now uh, back to life, which should make us somewhat happy, except for the fact that they are completely uh, controlled by Makima. So their personalities are completely gone. Yeah. I mean, man, just how screwed up is Makima? Again, like, I agree with you. I think she's just an amazing villain. But just her point of view, I think that's the, the greatest villains in, in stories are ones who believe that they're doing the right thing. And yeah. that's what Makima does. And just, man, is it good. But it's also so unnerving. Yeah, it, it's terrifying. Uh, Makima is then taken out by a bazooka from one of Kashibe's men. Of course, as we've established, uh, even if Makima is killed, uh, she comes back almost immediately. She's also stabbed by others, and some men then kill themselves to summon the Hell Devil. Denji then turns into a brand new Chainsaw Man form, which if this were any other series would be a heroic moment, and instead fucking sucks. Uh, not that the form isn't powerful, it's just, you know, uh, the context of it is, oh, Denji is now completely lost himself. Yeah, also, again, the artwork of that last chapter, I think it's like 80, 83, 84? Yeah. That artwork of him transforming is just gorgeous. Artwork yeah, is on full display here. It's the Super Saiyan moment, except it's in a context where you're like, no, I don't want him to, to become a Super Saiyan. That would be very bad. And again... We meet the Hell Devil, who again, a bunch of uh, men have just sacrificed themselves to summon him. The Hell Devil is then instantly killed by this new Chainsaw Man form. It doesn't even get a fight. I just love how this subverts the shonen tropes. You're like, oh yeah, we're going to get this big fight between two strong characters, and nope, it's done in one page. Yep. And it's great. Uh, a, um. door then, a door then opens up in the sky, and a hand splats Denji. Again... All these uh, visuals in any other series would be played out throughout chapters. Nope, this is one panel, he's there. The next panel, he's splatted. Bakima then tells Kishibe that per her contract with the Japanese Prime Minister, anytime she dies, major illnesses are inflicted upon Japan's population. Again, this world building. Which that's messed up. It's messed up as fuck, but we've... It's been established that, again, strong devils uh, make contracts with these governments that are just, you know, absolutely insane contracts. Fuck this world building. And then we get uh, some of the most delicious world building uh, we've ever received yet so far in this series. 
where she reveals why Chainsaw Man is feared by so many devils. And it's because when he feasts upon them, their names are erased from existence. And in this bonkers bit of world building, we learn that Chainsaw Man also erased Nazis, AIDS, and nuclear weapons from existence. Because Makima mentions this stuff to Kashibe, and he has no idea what the fuck she's talking about. Oh my god. Oh my god. It's, so it's good. such a weird twist. It's like so interesting and so like brilliant. And again, again, what I loved about this world building for for Chainsaw Man is because everything was kind of parallel with our parallel in this world to our own, we were kind of brought in, brought in, brought in, brought in, and we are really invested in this. And now when we have really like other than the thing with 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 devils, our first like real big what the hell moment with this with this idea of chainsaw man just erasing erasing things from existence we completely buy into it or at least i did again when you when you see a fantasy show it's like okay cool this is just like our world except there's devils you can accept that but you kind of just assume that history's uh natural course still happened but yeah when when kashibe doesn't recognize the word nazi you're like what the fuck what did i just read and you have to like reread what makima's saying it's like, yeah, this stuff just got erased. Nuclear weapons don't exist. Uh, Osama bin Laden probably got eaten some, at some point in time. She also mentions uh, SOA and Arnalone syndrome, which are not real things, which I guess implication is that Chainsaw Man has eliminated those things from our world already. So, oh, I didn't even notice that. Oh, yeah. that's super smart. It's super smart. It's so cool because yeah, she's she's mentioning things that we all recognize, like you know, AIDS and Nazis. But then she's mentioning things that are just completely made up from. Uh, oh my god, uh, Chainsaw Man! I got I got erased from existence. It's super fascinating. I love it. It's again great world building. Um, so as far as world building goes, with uh, that sort of soft world building, yeah. I think the best example that kind of comes to mind is like Avatar um the last airbender and i feel like this like the world building in chainsaw man is kind of is almost like on par with that because it doesn't beat you over the head with the world building it just slowly introduces it to you as you see fit and you slowly just come to accept all of it as like oh yeah no i can totally buy this just absolutely brilliant 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 story structure here's some other things that chainsaw man erased from existence the sixth sense that all humans used to have the light of a particular star that would break children's brains, four possible conclusions other than death that could happen at the end of a human's lifespan, Chainsaw Man gobbled all of these up. Again, that's just good fucking prose. My god. So, Makima's goal is to defeat Chainsaw Man and control him, and she'll use this new power to create a better world. And to do so, Chainsaw Man has to eat her and become make her become part of him. And to her, there would be no better honor. Uh, foreshadowing! Uh, perhaps Makima does uh, get her wish, even if it's not the way you'd expect. Uh, meanwhile, uh, our girl Kobani is back. She's working at Family Burger. Her manager isn't happy with how she's doing the greeting, and he slaps her. Terrible, terrible human being. You're already hoping this fucking guy dies. And then Chainsaw Man appears and demands a burger. Everyone in the restaurant, aside from Kobani, is killed as Kobani constantly trips while delivering the meal. Kobani, are... good for you. Good for you. I mean, you know, it, I was happy when her uh, manager died because that guy sucked, but then there's some random patrons who are also killed. And also the way it's drawn, it's like, 
You're not even seeing Chainsaw Man, like, strike them. They just try to run away and their heads just fall off. Yeah, it's... It's like a really weird chapter, and it's such a like such a strange shift. Again, we talked about it in part one, but what's cool about how Chainsaw Man is done is that you you're brought you're brought into this world of like something very very crazy and big, and something that is really is is really kind of hard to top. And so then you kind of go you they switch and go to a personal story, um, like going from the Katana Man, uh, Katana Man arc to um, to the very like person like the very personal arc. Um, it's kind of feels kind of similar here, even though I feel like we're kind of in the same arc. Um, it's kind of almost like a weird slice of life, pardon the pun. Absolutely, and also just the visuals of just like the tomatoes getting stuck on the uh, the chainsaw treads. Like again, Fujimoto, fan- fantastic. Uh, artist and you know he he's a gag manga creator at heart because again this is just like the the standard rule of three bullshit it's like yep uh Kobani is gonna screw up three times and it's just gonna get consistently crazier uh chainsaw man then declares he wants to go on a date with Kobani and she is forced to play ddr to save her life uh meanwhile seven devil hunters declare their intent to kill chainsaw man in order to go on a date with makima this includes a, a resurrected Quan Chi, Reze, and Katana Man. Again, all these characters who we liked have been brought back, although they have zero personality and are just thralls for Makima. So, uh, yeah, very creepy. Very, very creepy. Yeah, this would be the type of fan service where you're like, hey, my favorite character is back and they're uh, no longer dead. Except, uh, yeah, everything you liked about them is gone, and there's also the implication that those personalities were never real to begin with. Kind of alludes it's, back to um, Santa Claus from part abs- one. Absolutely, for sure. So, they fight Chainsaw Man and get obliterated. Makima uses a finger gun to send Chainsaw Man into the stratosphere, but he still kills her, which is her 26th death by Chainsaw Man. Makima then points out to Chainsaw Man that Kobani no longer fears him, and a TV newscast says that Chainsaw Man is beloved worldwide, and this weakness is enough for Chainsaw this week, this weakens Chainsaw Man enough for Makima to summon a spear through his side. And, as Chainsaw Man seems to be dying, it's revealed that a part of power is still inside Denji as he let her, uh, as she let him drink her blood. This causes Pochita to give power his strength, allowing power to revive in a brand new form, killing Makima and some of her thralls. You know, we're finally given our big, you know, hero moment with power, and then Makima asks Power to uh, give Denji to her, and Power agrees. Uh, thankfully, very briefly. It, and it's really nice to see Power come back. And, and again, like I love with this world building the fact that we're kind of coming back to that idea of fear because, you know, like we just established, the like we established, like the the de- the devils are given power through their through people's fear to them so now everyone loves chainsaw man and that's weakened him and i thought that that was just so brilliant i didn't even think of that and i was laughing when i first read it yeah it's a brilliant twist and you know even kobani who is depicted as the most fearful person is starting to uh not be afraid of him but again that is bad for our hero gets even more confusing as a uh, chainsaw man has not really regained his brain. Anyways, uh, moving on. So Power ends up making the contract with Denji, even though it costs her her life and memories. 
and she tells Denji that he must find her someday. And Denji awakens in a dumpster with Kishibe sitting right next to the dumpster. Uh, Kishibe asks Denji if he's as Denji. You as you do. Yeah, as you do. Chilling, yeah, hanging out by a dumpster. By a dumpster. Absolutely. Kishibe, he, he knows where the dumpsters are, uh, especially the dumpsters where uh, devils end up. Kishibe, he asks Denji if he's Denji, and if he is, then he'll set him free from Makima, but if he isn't, then he should keep sleeping in the dumpster. Uh, Kishibe with the dry wit. I love it. And Denji responds with a peace sign. This is our big hero page panel. I love it. Denji and Kishibe, they arrive at the hideout to see Kobani. She is relieved that she finally has an excuse to get away from her family. Because uh, Kishibe is basically just like, hey guys, uh, you, got, you guys stay in this hideout pretty much for the rest of your lives, at least until shit with Makima cools down. Uh, and she's like, yeah, no, no, it's fine. I'm, I'm fine with this. Yeah. Uh, Kobani and uh, Denji have a fantastic heart-to-heart, which I've transcribed. And he says to Kobani, I look fine, but right now my heart feels like it's at the bottom of a toilet clogged with crap. All the good feelings, all the bad feelings I had up to now, they were all ma- manufactured by somebody else. I'm dumb as a rock, so I was cool with living as a fool. But next thing I knew, my ignorance made it all go down the crapper. Thinking back on it, I never made any choices for myself. I just got used as I always did. I just got used, always did as I was told, instead of thinking for myself. The only choices I made were little things, like what to eat for lunch. Even if I did make it out of this alive, I bet I'll always be living in obedience to somebody like a dog. And Gobaini responds with, isn't that just normal, though? It's true, though. You know, we're all at the mercies of our bosses, at the mercies of society. There's, there's some pretty uh, heavy social commentary going through there at that moment. It's sad, but fuck, man. That, that's how life sometimes be. Again, again, just that great sense of world building and then just, yeah, yeah, no, it, I completely believe everything here. And then it just sucks you in and then just kind of kind of sucker punches you. So on the TV, Chainsaw Man is being cheered for. Uh, Denji proclaims to Kashibe. He's tired of eating jam on toast for breakfast. He wants steak, 10 girlfriends, and tons of sex. That's why he wants to be Chainsaw Man. I mean, <laughs> what more altruistic reasons do you need to be a hero? And at this point, you're not disgusted by it. You're like, fuck yeah, Denji is finally just making choices for himself. He's, he's not making uh, choices that were imposed on him by Makima. This is what he wants, and it, it may be stupid, but it's his choice. I mean... I mean, maybe is kind of an understatement, but, you know, hey, rock on, Denji. Like, live your life, as long as you're not, you know, like, hurting innocent people. That's the thing. And again, Denji is pro-consent, too. Thank God. Denji is not, like, a a creepy, groper, horny dude. He's horny, but he also respects people. Thank God. Denji understands consent, which, uh, again, some of the other uh, creepier manga would not uh, have that character be like, fuck. Agreed. Yeah, there, there are far worse uh, ways the story could have gone. Anyways, uh, Denji meets with Makima as Chainsaw Man. He asks her if there will still be crappy movies in the world she makes. And Makima says, This world would be better if bad movies simply ceased to exist. And Denji says, I guess I'll have to kill you. So, he dukes out with Makima and her thralls. Makima manages to take Denji's heart out. And the heart looks like Kuchida. Very adorable. Very adorable. and uh, Also terrifying. Terrifying. This is what uh, Makima says to Denji. She says, Chainsaw Man doesn't spit. Chainsaw Man doesn't wear clothing and doesn't talk. 
Every action you take should be chaotic, and yet despite not getting him at all, you were chosen by Chainsaw Man. If you're going to get in our way, then die. And Denji is seemingly out of the picture. Makima smokes a cigarette and plays with the Pochita heart. All of a sudden, Denji cuts her in half with a chainsaw. Again. An actual chainsaw, not one that comes from his head or his hands. No, this is just like a real-ass chainsaw you buy at a hardware store or something. And Denji reveals that the Denji that Makima was fighting the whole time was a Pochita he, tur- he tore off of his heart. Um, and he says, your wound is healing. Slow. That's because the chainsaw I made came from Power's blood. I'm making it run amok inside you. And Makima is dead. She, it's over. Hooray. Uh, except for one more thing. Uh, Kishibe, he meets with Denji at his apartment. He doesn't have a ton of faith in Denji's final part of his plan, but he tells him of all the devil hunters he's met, he's the one most suited for the job. And it's revealed that Denji has made a meal of Makima. Uh, he meets with him with uh, Kishibe the next day and says she didn't revive from his stomach or the toilet either. So fucking good. I was like, it it was kind of weird because it felt like almost anticlimactic, but it was, again, I think that's just because of the shonen tropes that yeah, I, I mean, ha- that I've seen before, but it was just, it was a, like a very like interesting end. And I, I still, I'm still not entirely sure how I feel about how Makima met her end and, and the after the immediate aftermath, but it's very interesting. It's like super interesting. I like that she got what she wanted. I mean, that's, that's the karmic retribution. And you know, ch- again, if this were a typical shonen uh, manga, you know, Makima would turn into some incredibly, uh, disturbing control form and you know Denji would finally go Super Saiyan Chainsaw and they would duke it out the fight would be insane we'd see brand new power levels but no he, he takes her out in his human form and you know he, he uses his brain even if uh, his, his brain works in mysterious ways yeah he just he just consumes her and makes a meal of her um, and Kishibe asked Denji how he was able to get on the, the drop on Makima anyways and Denji says he realized that Makima perceives people via scent, so she doesn't remember faces. So Denji bet that Makima was only looking at Chainsaw Man and not Denji. The child then plays with Makima's dogs and then bites Denji. And Kishibe reveals that this child isn't necessarily Makima, but rather the reincarnation of the control devil. And her name is Nayatu. And Kishibe is going to leave her in the custody of Denji. Denji asks her what she wants to eat, and she says, Slice bread. Oh my god. So good. So perfect. You know, even someone like Makima, she was a horrible person, and yet she still gets to be reincarnated because of uh, the rules that the series has established. And it's kind of nice that it's almost like a reset, and that Denji kind of, like, has to take on some responsibility, and because we now see that character growth. Yeah, absolutely. And in Denji's dreams, Pochita tells him that Denji did make Pochita's dream come true. And now Pachita wants Denji to grant the control devil's dream of having equal relationships with others. Pachita says she was only able to have relationships through power, but what she really wanted was a family. And Denji asks Pachita how to do that, and he says, give her lots of hugs. And we see Denji and Nayatu sleeping on the floor with the dogs. It's so perfect. It's such a perfect end to this arc. It's like very unexpected. It's giving me like uh, Dragon Ball Z, like uh, uh, Maj- uh, Kid Buu to Oob vibes. 
Yeah, absolutely. I love I love those themes of reincarnation where again, even like the most horrible villain with the highest body count there could possibly be, um, the lead character still wants you know, that thing, that person to to, you know, have some sort of life, even if it, you know, takes on a new form. Uh, and the arc ends with someone saying, there's a rumor that Chainsaw Man has become a high schooler. And cut to black, end of part one, public safety arc. So, uh, I love it. I love it so much. And for context, um, no, nobody reading this manga at the time knew that this was simply part one. By all accounts, this was wrapping up the story, or perhaps, you know, the story would continue with Makima being the villain, being the end game, but it would end with that. And nope, this is simply part one of who knows how many parts there are. My he hasn't people, said anything about it. He hasn't said anything about it. We, we simply have a part two. Um, this part started about a year and a half after part one ended, so there was a long break um, for Fujimoto to, you know, get things in order. But yeah, I think um, when I first heard of Chainsaw Man, I, I, it was when people mentioned part one ending, and I was just like, "Wait, what? Why is this such a big deal that Chainsaw Man has a is a part one, or or there are even multiple parts?" But of course, when you uh, watch it and read it, you're like, "Okay, okay, this is a uh, there's an implication that this is a much bigger story, and your mind is blown." Yeah, and even still, like even if it had ended on at the end of this, it was the story was so tight and the world was so thoughtfully developed and the characters were all fully realized that even if it had ended on that, I I seriously think that Fujimoto thought that it was going to end after that, honestly. And, you know, I would have been satisfied with that as the series ending. Again, a solid 98 chapters, uh, somewhat short series, but hey, you know, tight and crisp, as they say. But no, there is more to the story. And as we'll get into it with, actually, fuck it, uh, let's talk final thoughts on a Control Devil arc, uh, Oh, Lord. Oh, oh Lord. Um, I, th- I, I might have echoed this before, because uh, I don't remember, because we've now recorded so much that I think it's yeah. together that it's wonderful. But uh, I'll, say, I'll say it again. It is really hard, or it's, well, it's hard to finish any story and tell any story. It is relatively easier to create a a story over a longer period of time, like say a television series or a feature film, it is so much harder to create a good story in like a shorter format, like a say a single episode of television or like a short story. Um, I see this as a short story. The first is like part one as a short story, and it is a damn good one. Um, as I said, the world building is beautiful. The characters are fully realized. It's a great plot, strong writing, um, does not go where, where you think it's going to go. Um, and, you know, on occasion, just gives you a sense of existential dread. That's all I could ever want. Absolutely. Uh, it's, it's fantastic. What can I say? And again, as you know, you're a reader or a watcher, you kind of expect Makima to be the end game. And the reveal that it isn't, just kind of like, oh shit, where... Where could this story go? And, you know, we're going to learn uh, because we're going to get right into what is known as the Academy Saga, which begins with the Justice Devil arc. So, again, there's been a year and a half break between these chapters. 
where could Chainsaw Man possibly go? And uh, again, Fujimoto, he does not play by the rules because the first thing we meet is a turkey chicken named Bucky. Chicken. Chicken named it's Bucky. A chicken. The chicken devil. So a teacher declares, meet Bucky. Three months from now, these kids are going to kill and eat Bucky. And Bucky is going to teach them how precious life is. Uh, one girl isn't interested in the project, however. And she tells the class present she just wishes Chainsaw Man and Bucky would hurry up and die. Uh, so, this girl Asa, she is uh, as, as introverted as one could be. She is, I mean, I mean, how would you describe her, Jordan? As the kids would say uh, when we were when we were young, uh, emo. She's uh, very quiet. She's very quiet. She really doesn't like the world. But you know, again, it's that kind of very interesting trope where we get the feeling, and this threw me off, um, because again, we started off with Denji in part one, who is just this sort of like carefree, you know, dopey, lovable guy, and now we've got Asa, who so far. Doesn't seem very likable. Um, doesn't seem like she's got a whole lot going on for her. But, you know, she improves. She gets better. She does get better. Similarly, how uh, Denji's horniness is definitely a, an issue, I feel, with people who are just starting Chainsaw Man. Asa's uh, very emo qualities uh, can be a bit much, especially because you as the, the reader are just like, okay, when are we going to get back to Denji? You know? Exactly. Um, but, again, Fujimoto expects this. Uh, I would also describe Asa as a femcel, certainly the way she uh, handles her relationship with men. Oh my god, she is, uh, yeah. Femcel, I feel, is, is what she is. Uh, so, the class president uh, tells, um, so anyways, three months pass, and the teacher declares now it's time for the students to kill Bucky, but the class president says she's talked with the rest of the class, and declares they won't eat Bucky. And the uh, teacher agrees. The teacher then says Bucky is hereby pardoned and will continue to live as a member of the class. The class president then invites Asa to hang out. Bucky says to Asa, come out of your shell and play soccer with me. Asa holds Bucky. Seems like things are going to go Asa's way. And then she trips and falls onto Bucky, killing him. I mean, you know, again, really nice, lighthearted stuff. Very lighthearted stuff. And, you know, Fu- Fujimoto uh, loves a good tripping joke. He-, he seems to just love that. Anytime a character is running, you're like, oh, my God. Uh, are they gonna so when fall? are they going to trip? When are they going to trip? Yeah. Uh, so the class president, she then runs into Asa later that night at a crosswalk. She's also with the teacher. And it re- she reveals that the teacher was the one who told her to make friends with Asa. She's also been having sex with the teacher, and she made a contract with the devil to find out how to reach a happy ending in their relationship. And the devil told her to make Asa trip so she would crush Bucky. Asa is then killed! Uh, But this being Chainsaw Man, we know that's not the end for every character, because a devil who looks kind of like an owl tells her if she wants to live, she can give her body to it. Asa then uses her new power to turn the teacher into a spinal cord sword and declares which is a weird which try to say that five times fast tanaka's spinal cord sword an absolutely amazing uh finishing move and she declares herself the war devil so here we go we've gone from chainsaw man to war devil and yeah the class president killed 
Uh, the class president who, you know, not the nicest person. Uh, again, you know, oh my god, the, the optics of this manga dealing with a character who's been having sex with uh, an authority figure and then is also then killed. There's a lot of ugliness in there, but we're just going to move the fuck on. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I will say that that first fight, though, it was giving me uh, Mortal Kombat vibes. It sure is. Oh, especially the spinal cord sword. Oh my god, man. That's Mortal Kombat to a T. Yeah. Uh, so War Devil says that Asa will still need to go to school to hunt Chainsaw Man, and they'll join the Devil Hunter Club to do so. And if Asa can beat Chainsaw Man, then the War Devil will return her body. Um, we then meet uh, Yuno and uh, Yoshida. Or is it Yugo? My notes... My autocorrect... I, it's Yugo. It's I, Yugo. Yeah. My autocorrect just does, does not like Japanese names. Uh, so yeah, we meet Yuko and Yoshida. Yoshida, who was uh, from the International Assassin's Arc. He is back and uh, has way more to do in part two, that's for sure. Which is great. Yeah, Yoshida, a character who I was who I could vaguely remember from the International Assassin's Arc. Again, Fujimoto, I'm not sure if he pre-planned this or if he was just like, hey, I've got some uh, spare devil hunter public safety characters I can bring back. Let's bring back this guy. But yeah, Yoshida gets a ton to do in this Academy arc, and he's actually become one of the more interesting characters in this series, which I love. Agreed. Uh, so yeah, they are both Chainsaw Man fans, and someone has bullied Asa by putting meat in her shoes. Yuko then gives Asa one of her shoes so she only has one of her feet hurt. And Yuko says she wants to become a devil hunter to make money, and also because her parents were both killed by devils. Asa is the same. So, you know, yay bonding. Uh, two girls becoming friends, uh, except this is Chainsaw Man, so we are now immediately suspicious of any character who is uh, depicted as nice. Well, I mean, uh, as, as you should. I mean, this is, if nothing else, this is a life lesson. Just don't trust anyone, kids. Don't trust anyone. Uh, so, War Devil wants to kill Yuko. That's because the, the power of War Devil's weapons is stronger, the guiltier that Asa feels, um, which makes sense. But, again, the fact that Asa has a devil insider that immediately wants to kill any person who Asa makes connections with, um, that's pretty terrifying. and also makes us uh, deeply fearful of how much worse Asa's life can get. Uh, Asa then rightfully complains that War Devil is too complicated a name to use, so War Devil says she can be called Yoru. I will now henceforth be referring to War Devil as Yoru. Uh, a politician reveals that 7 out of every 20 people in Japan are killed by devils. That is quite the statistic. Again, I would yep. not want to live in Japan uh, in this uh, world. Uh, like a lot of fantasy worlds, they're, they're fun to watch, but not fun to live in. It's like Game of Thrones. You would never want to live in Westeros because your odds of becoming like a lord are first of all very low, so you're just going to be one of the peasantry and likely get murdered by a white walker or a dragon or just a knight who's an asshole. And even if you are a person of authority, you're probably going to get murdered brutally by someone's uh, machinations. So definitely do not want to live in the Chainsaw Man world, is what I'm saying. Great to observe, not to experience. Absolutely not. Uh so, um, here's what happens. Asa and Yuko are attacked by a large devil. Yoru tells Asa to kill Yuko and turn her into a weapon, but Asa says no. Yuko 
is her new friend, and Asa, you know, picks Yuko up and falls. Uh, we then get a series of flashbacks where Asa is continually falling. This includes holding a birthday cake, uh, falling during a, like a, uh, a track meet, and she also falls saving a cat, and her mother is then killed in the carnage when she's trying to save the cat. Nevertheless, Asa declares that her heart was still in the right place for all these things, and she will save Yuko. And luckily for them, our boy Denji has returned. Finally. Attaboy. And it's been how many chapters that he's been gone? I think it's been like yeah, four or five. Which four isn't five? like that isn't like that many, but you know, if you're reading this weekly, you're getting antsy for sure. Oh yeah. Um, so this guy, this devil, he is the cockroach devil. He makes Denji an offer. He could either save a student with a bright future, or five old geezers and their granny who are in a car. And Chainsaw Man chooses neither, instead saving a cat. Uh, I, I have to I have to give Chainsaw Man uh, respect for that. I love it. It's such a Denji moment where he's like, I'm not a hero. I don't give a shit. I'm saving yeah. the fucking guy. Well, he doesn't know the guy. He doesn't know the old ladies. Like, but obviously the cat, you know, the cat's innocent. The cat is cute. Uh, we see the media interviewing various people who are declaring their love for Chainsaw Man. Again, nobody uh, was aware of the offer made to Chainsaw Man. So they're just like, Yep, Chainsaw Man saved a cat. He's awesome. Uh, so they're interviewing a bunch of people, and th- this even includes Denji. And he tells the media, if you ask me, Chainsaw Man hasn't even uh, tried to eat that cat. Everybody loves Chainsaw Man. He's great, right? The chainsaws are fantastic. But that's what's so cool about them. Not that I know the dude, but that he's incredibly, seriously a great guy. Just, by the way, my guess is Chainsaw Man's number is 34. I transcribe that exactly as is. That's just how Denji rambles to the media. And and again, like in again, kind of bucking that that trope of the of you know shonen is you know with these kinds of characters, they probably want to like keep their identity secret or you know do something with that. Nope, Denji apparently does not care. Attempts to make himself more known, but not make it super obvious. Like he's he, you know Denji doesn't want to just tell the media I'm Chainsaw Man. That's not good enough for him. He wants to give clues. Um, they are very obvious clues, but he still wants there to be some sort of game. And I love it. It's, it's so on brand for Denji. And Yoshida yeah. uh, reveals himself to Denji, and Denji kind of recognizes him, and he tells him he's a part of a group that will protect Denji's identity. But Denji tells him he wants to be known so the ladies like him. And Yoshida is fucking dumbfounded. Next chapter, Denji, why was that girl sitting on you? Because for 10 yen, I'll be a chair for 10 minutes. Again, you know, Denji has grown a lot, but he's still back to his same old tricks of uh, trying to find money in the, in the weirdest possible ways. He's, uh, he's not giving away his left nut, but he'll be a chair. I mean, you know, he's just an entrepreneur. He's just got an entrepreneurial mindset. His mind just thinks differently than yours in mind. He's, all, he's you know, thinking constantly, like, how can I make money? What's the best way to make money? Like, you know... I, I applaud that hustle. I love the hustle. We even see Yoshida actually sit on Denji too, as well, which is fucking hilarious. Well, after after Yoshida, uh, after Yoshida pays him, of course. Yeah, um, Yoshida he gives Denji back his student ID, and it's because Denji had left it on purpose to expose his identity. And Yoshida says he'll help Denji get a girlfriend. And Yoshida asks Denji what his type is, and he says, "Girls who are desperate for a boyfriend." 
which yikes um very on brand for denji but yikes yeah and cut to asa cut to asa which again fujimoto is just such a comedian um i just straight up took screen caps of their back and forth because it's hilarious which is which is great which by the way so the reason why i because i don't know if i don't remember if you said this but so earlier when uh yoru had first taken uh asa um Asa was interested in Yoshida, and Yoru just took over Asa's body and just very blatantly said, you know, oh, like, would you like to be my boyfriend? And Yoshida's like, nah, I'm good. And just leaving both of them devastated. So now Asa is, like, completely embarrassed to be around this guy. Yeah, that's another good point, too. Um, Asa, again, she's such a femme song. I love it. It's so wild. This is, uh... Asa's interactions with uh, Denji over Chainsaw Man. She tells Denji, his clothes and body are always covered in blood, and it's just filthy. Denji responds, the dude bathes, you know? Plus, a chainsaw sprouts out of his head and makes him look like an idiot with nothing going on in his brain. He uses his brain a ton! Then there's how he only saves women. It's blatantly horny, and that's gross. To which Denji responds, he has a pure heart. Um, Mm, I mean, he has a heart. Yeah, it's, uh, you know. Anyways, Asa says, you don't know that. It's not like you're like him. <laughs> to which Denji is like, damn it. And uh, she says, what else? People have seen him eating cats and dogs. And she's just like, you never do that. Never. He doesn't eat cats or dogs. And then she says, in the first place, he doesn't. And in the first place, doesn't he eat people too? He's a devil. He's like, eat people? No way. Okay, even if he did, it was just that one time. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I just... He, mm. he did have to eat Makima to save the world, so there was that. There was that one time. I love it. Uh, where were we? Yeah, so Denji, uh, so they just have this back and forth. I fucking love it. Denji then just straight up says he's Chainsaw Man, but she just calls him a loser and leaves him. Uh, Asa, she meets with Yuko for an innocuous hangout that quickly gets dark, where Yuko reveals that she killed a neighbor and also knows Asa's secrets. And it's revealed that Yuko has made a contract with the Justice Devil, and this turns your sense of justice into a power. This also lets her read minds, which again, mind reading, a pretty uh, uh, devastating tool when used in the right ways. And she tells Asa not to come to school the next day, as she's going to solve her bullying problem. They, of course, confront her the next day, uh, Yoru and Justice have a confrontation. The Devil Hunters, uh, the Devil Hunter Club members also join in and get killed. And Justice knows all of Yoru's plans, but Yoru's uh, got a trick up her sleeve, which is the Leave It Up to Asa plan. And this is where Asa makes a sword with her clothes. Which here's the other thing too: um, for all the horniness of Chainsaw Man, um, Fujimoto's art style is like the least sexy thing out there. Even, even, just, that. even just the way, like, Asa is drawn. This is, like, again, she's just, like, in her underwear. But she's also just, like, a skinny, twiggy, sweaty person. It's not played for titillation at all. There are, there are far hornier uh, anime and manga out there, is what I'm saying. Well, even and, even, and, and even still with something like this, with, with ma- like, there is a reason behind why, why she made that sword. And yeah, because it's absolutely like the power is absolutely devastating. Yeah, so this sword it seemingly falls out of her hands because again, Asa can't stop tripping. And yes, 
the sword does massive amounts of damage when it falls out of her hand because the sentimental value of the uniform, which was made by Asa's mother, makes it incredibly powerful and it cuts the shit out of justice. So, yep. Again, I love these rules. Uh, we are we're now understanding the rules behind uh, Asa's powers, which again are very different from Denji's. Again, it's such good world building. Uh, Denji, he joins the fight too, and Justice reads that all Denji is thinking about is how to expose his identity while making it seem natural. Typical fucking Denji. He's he's fighting the good fight, but he's only doing it for the most selfish of ways. For the most basic of reasons. But again, it's, he's, it shows his intelligence. Yeah. Uh, Justice manages uh, to get away, but shows up later at Asa's home. And Yuko tells Asa that she really did all those things for herself. Asa and Yuko share a laugh. And uh, this is also a really sweet moment where Asa gives Yuko back her shoes, which I just thought was so sweet. It was, very, it was a very cute, it was a very, like, kind of, like, uh, and again, for a character that really didn't want to socialize with really anybody, for her to, to kind of come full circle and to offer shoes was just a really nice sense of character growth. Again, that basic thing of storytelling, uh, you know, show, don't tell. Um, sadly, as we've learned, uh, whenever devils or characters who are contract with devils have a sweet moment with the lead character, that usually means the death flag is uh, blaring uh, very loudly. And yes, Yuko is then killed by a figure that looks suspiciously like Chainsaw Man. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. Another I, one I, bites the dust. Again, it's very much reminiscent of uh, Reze's death. So, what did you think of this introductory Asa arc, Jordan? It was interesting. It was such a tonal shift, I think, in the beginning. Yeah. It was a huge tonal shift, but I really appreciate it that we also kind of got back on track. But again... It, Fujimoto is all about subverting expectations and I'm glad that he kind of kept to form and I'm glad that he's introducing even more world building um, again when you have when you have a great story and when you stick to the story really great things can happen yeah no um, that's the thing about Asa she's a character who I know certain parts of the fan base of course are always going to be uh, hesitant to like a character that isn't Denji but yeah by the end of this arc you, you understand Asa's purpose in the story and you know I just love her she's a very different flavor from Denji Denji is uh you know loud and brash and stupid and uh, Asa is also stupid in her own ways as we're going to learn in the following arc but you know it, she's the introverted uh version of this and uh, and they complement each and and Asa and Denji complement each other very well they certainly do and we're going to learn how well they complement each other in the dating Denji arc let's get into it uh, the Devil Hunter Club president invites Asa to join their club. He reveals that he has a chainsaw ripcord on his chest as a way to help hide Denji's identity. So they're doing the whole uh, I am Spartacus shit at the Devil Hunter Club. They're all just, which I thought was really, which I thought was really funny. It's, it's hilarious. And again, they're going against Denji's wishes. They're just like, no, we're going to make this harder and harder uh, uh, for people to figure out your identity. Uh, Yoru tells Asa to find someone to kill who's between the line of someone she's okay with killing and someone she refuses to kill. That person, of course, is Denji, who is seen recycling cigarettes and selling them as American smokes. Again, Again just gotta respect that hustle. He's got the grind set. I love it. Uh, 
Asa asks Denji out on a date, and they go to the aquarium. Asa spouts some very detailed facts about anemone. Uh, Fuck, I can't pronounce that word. Anemones. God's sakes. Fucking Yeah. These facts are the most boring fucking thing in the world. Even when you're reading it, you're just dozing off. And I had to re these pages where she was spouting facts. I think I had to reread them like three or four times. I was like, what? 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 Yeah, and Denji is just completely bored to death, and he just wants to see the fucking penguins, which I love. I mean, who doesn't want to see penguins? Penguins are much more interesting than sea anemones. Uh, and then Asa's whole response to this is, we'll have fun as long as we stick to my plan. That's how it works. And they get into an argument. Uh, Asa and Yoru, they get into an argument over how boring she's been. And then the famine devil also appears, who is the sister of war, and says that uh, Asa will be unable to turn Denji into a weapon. And it's here in this aquarium where Denji realizes they're trapped by the Eternity Devil. Bringing it back, man. Bringing it back. It's a lot of nice callbacks, I think. I, th- I think this, uh, this, this saga is, is great with the callbacks because it only does it when necessary, and it does it to service the story. It doesn't do it just for fan service, which I really respect because that... That happens way too often, just doing callbacks for fan service purposes. Takes you aback. You're like, oh yeah, I thought all these characters were dealt with in the previous arc. I didn't think we would see them again. But yeah, he's bringing back characters like the Eternity Devil, like Yoshida, and, you know, I wouldn't say reinventing, but again, he's using them in new ways. Uh, Agreed. So, Asa, you know, she's trapped with Denji in eternity. That's no fun. Uh, And she can't even eat the fish in the aquarium. She starts to cry, but Denji offers her some starfish. And then Asa figures out how to escape Eternity. And what she does is she gathers money and she uses a, a technique called Aquarium Spear to buy the aquarium. Uh, and she uses her guilt over ruining it, which creates a powerful spear that defeats the Eternity Devil in one blow. I loved that. I thought that was so creative. Yeah, it's fantastic. Again, I'm saying fantastic too many fucking times. What can I say? We're, we're so used to shonen shows where these fights would be played out over, you know, multi-chapters, you know, dozens of chapters even for some major fights. Um, but it, it's this world sticks to the rules and it exploits them and it finds new and creative ways to tell a story using these rules. Um, uh, Death Note comes to mind where when when Light is using the, the rules of the Death Note in interesting and creative ways and to tell that story you're seeing that happen here in in chainsaw man with the rules established in, with the rules that are established in this world it's very very smart storytelling after eternity is killed in one blow asa apologizes to denji for ruining the date but denji's cool with it because he got to touch a penguin i mean yeah, yeah. the panels involving denji and the penguin again this is a visual medium it's hard to discuss in the podcast but when you, when you just see denji with the penguin He's so filled with joy. I love it. I, I, I was going to say, like, I know that we're discussing a visual medium here, but I think pretty much anyone who listens to this will understand that those panels of Denji and the penguin, because again, if you don't, if who doesn't want penguins? Penguins are awesome. Penguins are awesome too. They're way cooler than CM enemies. And yeah, Denji finally got to touch one. So uh, he actually asked Asa for another date as well. And then, with with this, you know, newfound, uh, what is it? Again, now that Asa's built a connection with Denji, 
It's like, like, okay, time to turn him into a weapon. Uh, and she does. She she taps him on the head and says, spinal cord sword, and it doesn't work, and Denji just thinks she's patting him on the head, and he pats her back. I love that. And I love also that that Yoru and uh, Asa had no freaking clue why. Yeah, absolutely not. Again, it's so obvious, but that's the whole joke. It's so obvious that Denji is Chainsaw Man, but Asa and Yoru can't figure it out. Well, because it was also established early on that, you know, Denji was being very blatant, being like, I'm Chainsaw Man, and Asa's like, no. And even Asa and Yoru, like, after Denji confessed, um, Yoru, Yoru was like, well, he said he's the Chainsaw Devil. Like, of course, it's got to be him. And Asa just goes, don't be stupid. Like, he, he, like he's really not, like, that Chainsaw Devil would not be that stupid to just openly tell people who he is. Little do they know. So, for this next date, Asa and Denji uh, are going to watch mummy movies. Uh, Denji says they'll do it at a local theater, but Asa suggests watching movies at Denji's place because that's cheaper. Denji starts sweating because he thinks she's implying something, uh, but she isn't. She, again, she's a total femme cell. She just has no idea how dating or relationships work at all. Again, it's why she thinks that a good date is her just abiding by her plan of discussing CM enemy facts for two hours. Uh, I mean, I mean, don't tempt me with a good time with those facts. Yeah, so Denji uh, tells Asa there are three rules uh, for his home. Rule one, don't open any apartment door other than his own. Rule two, don't open the fridge. And rule three, don't make out with Denji in front of his roommates. And Asa says, like hell, she'd make out with Denji. She doesn't even like him. Which, probably not something you should say uh, to someone you're on a date with right now. Uh, Denji is stunned, because again, she was the one who asked him out to begin with. And Denji starts getting in his head, wondering why Asa doesn't like him. But then Yoru takes over Asa and makes out with Denji. Uh, unfortunately, she does so right as Niyatu comes back from walking the dogs. God. This, th- these chapters are our first real um, experience with Niatu, and my god, she is so great, isn't she? She's she's wild. Like it was so interesting just watching, just like watching her, because I thought that she was going to be this like sweet, innocent kid. Because really, the only other intro we had with her was at the very end of part one, of and being like kind of a bit of a shit, but you know, be, maybe being sweet. Maybe she's grown a little bit. Nope. She she's as. She's not quite power level stupid, but again, she's a little girl and she's just a total goblin, and I love it. Um, so yeah, she turns Asa into a dog with her control powers, because that thing, she is still the control devil. Uh, Denji tells her to turn her back, but she can't do that because she's hungry. So she eats, but also points out to Denji that every woman uh, he meets also tries to kill him. So Fair before... Point. Yeah, again, you know, she, she knows the backstory at this point. They've been together a while that, you know, she, she kind of knows everything. Uh, and she says before she turns Asa back into a human, she asks that Denji let her eat ice cream every day and also to stop getting close to Asa. And yet, despite all this, Asa still waits for Denji at the high school and she clearly has some form of attraction to Denji, even if she Again, she is too much of a film cell to even understand how that works. Uh, her rationalizations are just like, okay, well, oh my god, I, I couldn't even like write it down. It was just insane stuff. It's it was it was a very like interesting um, take on 
like on on the control devil because I just I just thought that it was very unexpected and I and I liked that what was fascinating to me was that she was able to rewrite Asa's memories and Yoru's memories. I thought that was really interesting because again, Yoru is supposed to be this really you know strong demon and it's this really strong devil and it just doesn't it just you know and here here we go like you know its memories its memories are you know being completely completely written over. I thought it was very fascinating because. Again, playing with that story types, playing with that world building, um, you're finding that Yoru and Asa are slowly starting to become more and more alike as they spend more and more time together, which is really cool. So, how do we feel about the Eternity, or not Eternity, the Dating Denji arc? I thought it was cute. Yeah, it's a I cute mean, one. It's, it's, it's the cute one. Again, like, you know, we went from, like, you know, in, in part one, we went from, like, the Katana, Katana Man to the, to the dating. We went from, like, something very bombastic to, like, something more personal. I feel like we kind of did, we, we kind of had to do that again here because we already have this established lore. So we had to kind of delve into it. It was, it was very cute. And again, had a lot of action, but it kind of took some of the tropes that from Shonen and took some of the tropes from part one and kind of turned them on its head while deepening the characters uh, as well. And what's nice about this being part two is we can really focus on the new characters. We don't really have to give Denji a whole lot. He doesn't have to be the focus. We don't have to really give him a ton of development. Um, so it's nice to see, um, uh, it's nice to see like other characters being, being focused on. And yeah, we get to see um, Asa take down a devil without the assistance of Denji at all, which is really cool. Again, Eternity <laughs> Devil, who was such a, major uh character in the first initial parts of chainsaw man uh taken out by asa instantly uh so yeah let's get into the falling devil arc this one was dense this was a this was a tough one to get through not because it was bad but just because there's a lot to take in here uh but it's also clearly setting up perhaps the end game of part two because we get a lot of cool world building here so Yoshida, he takes uh, Asa to the Devil Hunter's club council room for some coffee. Asa thinks uh, Yoshida is going to confess feelings to her uh, because he's saying, he's telling Asa the solitary life is easier. And Asa, in her mind, says, he's affirming my values, which means he likes me. Uh, but instead, he just tells Asa to stay away from Denji. Uh, meanwhile, Nayutu uh, is determined to get Denji to fight. Because uh, Denji's become lethargic after Nayatu uh, forbid him from dating Asa, and he doesn't want to fight anymore. He's getting all upset. But she's determined to get him back into fighting shape. Asa, she walks home feeling sad and depressed over being rejected twice. But unbeknownst to her, she's already affected by the falling devil's ability. She goes on a self-deprecating rant while Yoru half-heartedly attempts to comfort her without any avail. Approaching her apartment complex, a middle-aged man falls to death beside her. Yoru quickly takes over, demanding Asa stay back, as she looks up to see every occupant of the complex outside their doors staring directly down at them. Freaky shit. Let's get into it, man. Uh, what do you think of those opening moments? Um, that shot of, of all those people just staring at, at Asa is probably one of the best panels I have seen thus far of this, anim- of, of this manga. And I'm including the chapters following it. It's just very beautiful, very eerie, um, very foreboding. Um, because we have all of this, all of this world building and all of this stuff behind it. It's just, it's so, it's so wonderful. And I loved the build up to it. It's su- it's super cool. 
Meanwhile, Yoshida has met up with Famine, who wants to go by Fami. After briefly being taken aback by Fami's extraordinarily large order, Yoshida comments on Fami's low effort choice for an alias before questioning her on her ties to the prophecy of Nostradamus. Um, albeit unenthusiastically, Fami does reveal to Yoshida the name of the primal fear which has just arrived on Earth. We then cut back to Yoru, who has witnessed dozens of people falling to their death before her, with their corpses merging together into one entity. She initially takes a stance but decides to flee instead after realizing the overwhelming power of the devil before her. Uh, let's get into the prophecy. This is the prophecy of Nostradamus. It foresees the extinction of humanity in July 1999. Yeah, this is, this is clearly the endgame setup for whatever part two is going to be, don't you think? Yeah, I think so. Um, and I, I, again, I really like that they're kind of taking something from our world and kind of like tweaking and kind of tweaking it a little bit because like right after that, uh, you, I believe it's Oshida mentions that they, that there was a study that they did with like 30 criminals and they all like made a pact with a future demon of uh, the future devil. And all of them were like, you know, predicted their own death and everything like that. And it kind of, kind of goes into that sort of fear that we all had of Y2K. Um, which for those of you who weren't, didn't, weren't old enough to remember that there was a lot of scary stuff going on with that. People were freaking out. And now we just have that classic family guy episode. Yes. I forgot about that. Wow. That's the episode I think about when I think of Y2K. That was a good one. Uh, that was a good one. I think there was also a Simpsons episode. Every sitcom, uh, did like a Y2K episode. I mean, Futurama takes place on, uh, you know, Y2K or whatever, where uh, Fry gets uh, stuck oh, yeah, in the that's air. right. Yeah, that's the whole thing. It's uh, based, rooted in that fear. Uh, anyways, what is it? Um, the falling devil reveals its name while Yoru tries to run away and wake up an unresponsive Asa. In Asa's mind, she's currently going through one of the most traumatic memories where the orphanage lady had killed her pet cat, Cranbon, out of jealousy. The fear of this memory causes Asa to forcibly retake control from Yoru. She begins falling into the sky, but manages to grab onto a nearby railing, though she loses her grip shortly after. Yoru instructs Asa to create a knife out of her fingernail, which she does. Pain makes Asa lose focus of her fear and lets Yoru take back control. She falls back to the ground as the gravity manipulation does not affect her. Yoru knows Again, great moment of great moment of world building and manipulating those rules. Yeah, and I mean, of course, Asa's backstory of, of the landlady killing her cat, I mean, for fuck's sake. Especially knowing that she had saved that cat instead of uh, her mom, too. Like, oh my god. My good lord. This, I mean, this is, it, again, it's a really rich characters, but man, when that, when they, like, you think that it, it's very, I think the, a lot of the stories can be very pedestrian, but then they just take a very dark turn. And you just go, oh my god, what just happened? This is, oh man, this is depressing. Yoru notices Asa's having a flashback yet again, so she prom- promptly cuts her hand, believing it'll keep Asa from getting scared. Much to Yoru's surprise, this has the opposite effect, and Asa becomes afraid of Yoru instead. Before she loses control, she dashes under a building so as not to fall into hell when the gravity reverses on Asa. The two then argue with Yoru being frustrated at Asa for not trusting her, while Asa retorts that she has no reason to. Asa then proceeds to have a mental breakdown. And meanwhile, the falling devil has killed multiple devil hunters. Uh, she keeps one alive, however, and serves him as a dish to the hell devils. And next, she announces it's almost time for the main dish, which will be Asa and Yoru. 
She then proceeds to tear through the town, collecting eyeballs, ears, and apples from a nearby supermarket. A group of devil hunters, snipers, attack her, but to no avail. And she is revealed to be complete, she's revealed to be completely invulnerable to all of humanity's current means of attack. Again, this character is pretty fucking powerful. I, and she's just got such a like dynamic uh, uh, style to her, like very in, like really interesting. I just I love the uniqueness of how all of these characters are drawn. Mm-hmm. She's attacked once more, which prompts her to destroy the area and take the head of one of the devil hunters to use for a dish. She is then attacked by Denji in his hybrid form, and the two do battle, but the falling devil ultimately emerges victorious. A mysterious figure then appears to Denji. They cut open the palm of their hand and heal Denji with their blood. And meanwhile, to Asa's shock and horror, the falling devil has found her. The falling devil grabs her and convinces Asa to give up and accept her death. And Asa agrees while helpless Yoru can do nothing but scream in horror. And while she falls, she admits that she's relieved by not having to worry about her problems anymore, but laments that she wished she had some form of a companion. That companion is probably Denji, because he interrupts and jumps in to save her. And she is initially very much against his help and begs him to let her fall. And uh, they have a back and forth. And the back and forth, in typical Denji fashion, is... um, it's not what you expect because I think if because he's trying to convince her to think of all the good times and then Asa as as that starts to happen you know they start to float back down to the ground and then Asa reminds reminds Denji of how basically no one's going to no one's going to love him and everyone thinks he's really awful and terrible and ugly cuz no one will ever want to date him and Denji just freaks out and then they get sucked into the into the atmosphere which is great I love that <laughs> should mention that uh when the falling devil uses its mental powers on denji uh denji is forced to remember the depths of power in aki and so what denji does is uh, uh when i fight devils that use mental attacks i cut up my brain as a rule so he just starts saying corn dogs i want to eat corn dogs from france uh which i just loved again great use of his powers um love the fact that denji is just very very smart battle wise he has a high battle iq but everything else he's just a bit of a dummy but yeah back to when uh denji rescues asa uh, what is it he tells her uh uh yeah she begins to cheer up as denji continues speaking um asa asks him how he's able to overcome such negativity to which he admits he hasn't but he's able to look past the crap burger of life because he has a desire worth fighting for and Asa asks Denji what that desire is, and he enthusiastically replies that it's sex. <laughs> and still in tears, Asa reacts with disgust. Asa, again, total femme cell, she says, uh, people only have sex because they have nothing better to do. Like somebody else's saliva and sweat mixing together, it's just gross. And Denji's just like, are you for real? Nothing's better than somebody's saliva and sweat mixing with yours. I mean, he's not wrong. He's not wrong. But again, these two people are basically aliens with the way they even process emotions. Yeah, it's it's so fascinating to to watch the two of them. Again, I I love that we got introduced to Asa because she is pretty much the polar opposite of Denji, and yet they work so well together. So what is it? This uh, revelation, though. Um, so, so during this argument, Asa tells Denji no woman would ever want to have sex with a guy with a chainsaw for a head. This causes Denji enough distress to make him start falling to hell as well. The fall knocks Asa unconscious. He, Denji cradles her and runs towards a door out of hell. And along the way, he is decapitated by yet another devil, but he reassembles himself. 
Arriving at the door, he's blocked by the falling devil who demands he let go of Asa. And then suddenly, the falling devil is impaled by what appears to be a different chainsaw man, uh, which allows them to escape. I don't have any explanation for that. I cannot tell you um, what this other chainsaw man is. Uh, do you have any theories about this other chainsaw man? So my theory on it is it's a, cu- it's a couple of different theories, but I think one of them is that it's maybe not fan. It's either a, a, de- a, a devil that we have not, that we have not, that has not been revealed because I think what is happening is with famine and with war. Um, and then they talk about death. I think it's something about the four horsemen of uh, the apocalypse. So I think it's the, fi- I think it could be like the final demon there. Or I think it is one, I think it's like Yoshida or some are someone of that, of that ilk who like can sort of, who has made a contract with, who has made a contract to basically be able to shape shift. I'll take your word for it because again, that part eludes me. Uh, so let's talk about a fantastic moment where Chainsaw Man turns into Super Chainsaw Man motorcycle where Asa gets to ride him. That was, that was so cool. cool. It was so fucking cool. <laughs> Um, so, uh, the center of these, uh, tendrils that have been attacking them are revealed to be the same demon that Falling Devil was serving earlier. Covering his face with his hands, he manifests into the physical world using one of his tendrils before morphing one of his hands into a mallet and swinging it at the two. Devil, uh, Denji asks what sort of devil would have that power, only for Asa to direct his attention to the road and the floating high-rise building ahead. Falling Devil then sends the building straight towards the two, only for them to carve their way straight through it. Launching upwards, they are met with a bunch of caterpillar-bodied men again, uh, which opens the door to reveal a giant mouth. And as Denji and Asa are heading towards the unknown devil's mouth, Denji tries to steer them out of the way, only for the falling devil to force them inside, right after she remarks that food shouldn't be able to run. Uh, She asks the devil how they find the taste of humans that were steeped in fear, only for the devil to vomit, regurgitating both Asa and Denji. Crying tears of blood, falling, de- falling Devil yells at the other devil, claiming she made the meal with love before executing it with a blast of energy. Heading away from the wreckage, Falling Devil apologizes to Famine, revealing the plan for Asa to be summoned, uh, for Asa to be consumed, was the latter's idea. Fa- famine orders her to return, causing her to burst into flames and transform into a miniature effigy of her initial appearance. And Niyatu is also revealed to be present, with Famine noting that Niyatu was the one to cause the devil to throw up by making the devil believe that humans taste like actual crap. That's a lot to take in, but there's a lot. It was a lot. It was a lot. (laughs) Uh, Niyatu asks why her sister is targeting Asa and Denji, to which Famine reveals that the prophecy is only going to lead to the world being overrun with devils. And initially, Niyatu seems on board with the idea. However, Famine states that she wants to save the world in order to preserve her favorite foods. And fearing that pizza would cease to exist if the prophecy came true, Niyatu uh, immediately switches sides. Great twist. Great twist, because I thought that Famine was going to ta- reveal her grand old plan to like end the world and everything. But turns out, no, Famine wants to save the world. Very yeah. interesting. Famine is dope, and Niyatu is dope too. Uh, I love her. I know I keep calling her Niyata, it's just how my brain's uh, saying Niyata. Uh, Famine then remarks that while the prophecy itself will come true regardless of what they do, 
she does believe they can make the prophecy revolve around the war devil instead. And Niata points out that she just tried to have Asa consumed just a moment ago, to which Famine says she only did so in order to starve the war devil as she is able to control those who are experiencing hunger. She then offers Niata an alliance, who swiftly denies the alliance because she wants to go to school instead. End of Falling Devil Arc. Oh my god, that was a lot to take in. Uh, yeah. It, it reminds me of the International Assassin's Arc, just in, a, in, as far as density. It's a dense arc. It's a lot to take in. I think you could even tell I was overwhelmed by describing it. Uh, but yeah, I think, again, the scale of this series, just something else. Um, and certainly I think to, to the fans who, who maybe missed the larger scale stories, um, like the International Assassin's Arc, um, I can't imagine you not uh, loving the Falling Devil Arc, which just takes things to 11. Agreed. And now, uh, we're talking the last three chapters, uh, up to chapter 134. This arc does not have a name, because it's only three chapters in. That's how uh, current we are, guys. Uh, the Devil Hunter Club president has started the Chainsaw Man Church for World Peace. They are aiming uh, to stop the prophecy of Nostradamus. Uh, so they say. I am not sure if I believe them. Uh, because they're not treating Chainsaw Man well, as Yoshida has tied Denji up in a basement. Uh, Yoshida says he wants Denji to stop being Chainsaw Man. If he becomes Chainsaw Man, Yoshida will kill Niata. But... Here's the thing. Uh, Denji wants to keep being Chainsaw Man and also have Niata. And he doesn't understand that there's a choice involved. So he just says, I choose two choices. And Yoshida is completely dumbfounded by this. He's just like, I, I thought he understood this. Yeah, I, you, again, Denji just, kind of, it's pure Denji, like, oh, he's just absolutely sticking to his, to oh. his guns. No, I pick two choices. That's just how it works. And Yoshida's like, no, you have to pick one. He's like, I don't care. I'm picking two. I mean, I, you know, rock on, Denji. Never change. It seems to work, because Yoshida is just like, shit, I thought, like, Yoshida had this clearly, uh, carefully executed plan, and nope, uh, it just doesn't work, because he's dealing with an idiot. So, on the TV, someone involved with the church claims to be Chainsaw Man, and Denji argue with the, with the man, even though it's a TV. And the chapter ends with Denji saying, I'm more Chainsaw Man than him, as he pouts while Niata pats him on the back. There we go. Uh, this podcast uh, has only aired, uh, been recorded when there are 134 chapters. There's probably a uh, 135th chapter out by the time of it launching. There we go. That's uh, <laughs> the tiny little arc we got. Um, I don't know, Jordan, what more can I say? It's setting up some cool stuff, though. It's it's very cool, uh, and I I will say I did have one more theory about who the second chainsaw who the second chainsaw man was, but I wanted to hold off until on right. it until the end. Do it. So we have it's a variation of what I had, which was uh which was talking about the four horsemen. But you have you know war, famine, uh, death, uh, I think conquest or whatever the fourth one is. But then that all leads to the antichrist, and I think like with the way that they're kind of leaning into the Christianity kind of that might be some sort of like uh chainsaw man's like antithesis or like you know doppelganger basically yeah that's cool again there's so much to this I mean what, what you're saying is interesting and yet I also know uh Fujimoto is probably going to do the least uh expected thing possible oh agreed absolutely mm -hmm. agreed 
All right. There's going to be that one guy in the community who's just like, I, I knew it. And it was just like, you were, you were just, you were just grasping straws, dude. Yeah. All right. Let's get into it. Let's get into our favorite segment, the speed wagon. Cue the music. Speed wagon, 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 speed wagon. Allow me to elucidate ya. The name is Robert EO Speedwagon. My speedwagon, it's gotta be uh, Niata. She's adorable. She's a goblin. I guess she's technically one of the co leads, but I'm cheating. Um, I just love her so much. The, the fact that like the last uh, the last couple recent arcs are focusing more on her, especially this one where now Asa is taken out of commission. We're gonna get more Niata, and I just find her very interesting. Especially the fact that like you know she is a child, which is why her allegiances can shift so easily. And she's very well developed, so good choice. Yeah. I'm glad that the control devil is finally getting to live a normal life. That's what I'm saying. Somewhat normal. Agreed. Oh, man. That's a tough one, because there's a lot of really good characters in this. Um, but I think for me, I like Yoshida. I really like that he's getting some really, some really great character development. I love that we get to hang out with him a little bit more. I love the fact that we're bringing a character back from part one. And I love his interactions with, with Denji. Um, how he's kind of become the sort of new makima in terms of dynamics and trying to prevent denji from being denji and it's just a very interesting way of going about it also the fact that he's met with with the famine devil as well it he's so mysterious and enigmatic and i really want to learn more about him so it's this is going to be a really fa- i'm very fascinated to see where he goes all right final thoughts on chainsaw man this is our third podcast on chainsaw man it might be a while before we do another one, given how much is left. Um, yeah, we're just going to have to wait for there to be more Chainsaw Man, guys. I'm sorry. Uh, tune in in a year or two where we can do another one of these. Yeah. And in the meantime, you know, if y'all haven't caught up yet, just read the manga. Manga is excellent. Absolutely. Jordan, it's been a good one. It's been a, it's been a Chainsaw Man gauntlet, and we finally did it. So thank you so us. much. Thank you so much. Thank you, dear listener, uh, for being with us on this Chainsaw Man journey. Again, said so much. I wish I could say more profound things about this series, but you know, Fujimoto, uh, you are uh, a mad lad, just a crazy man, and yet I will continue reading whatever you come up with. That's all I have to say. I'm sorry, the brain is just empty. Uh, follow me at Jack is Jack. On Instagram, only real Jack M on Twitter. Podcast at is this anime pod on Instagram. Um, we're also on Threads, but I guess that's just uh, Instagram as well. Uh, Jordan, where can people find you? Uh, everyone can find me across all the socials at J Mitchell Love, including Threads, because we're current and we're hip. <laughs> <laughs>